It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Nostalgic Album Podcast with your hosts, Alex and Stovepipe, where we use music to remind ourselves how much being an adult sucks ass. Welcome. Welcome to the Nostalgic Album Podcast. I'm Stovepipe. I'm Alex. This is going to be a fun episode because we've talked about doing it several times. We have. It's uh, another one where we fudged our time rule a little right, bit. a little bit. But... I think we can get away with it. In fairness, the particular album we're speaking of without naming quite yet right. was in production. How long was it in production for? Oh, at least 15 years. Okay, yeah. It's a long one. And you picked the uh, uh, what's the name of this, that, that type of music? The cheap trick make power pop. Yeah, God, grandfather's a power pop. The power yeah, pop, pretty much. Uh, you know, yeah, that wasn't a hard one to get through. <laughs> so I enjoy cheap trick very much. Yeah, it's kind of a dead giveaway. Of what I thought. What, what you about. thought about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one of those ones. I'm like, yeah, that's good. So what do you use Karambamba uh, wax for? <sighs> Good old fashioned uh, carnauba wax. Yes. Little uh, little car polish. Okay. Because guitar finishes, particularly the new ones, react very react and behave very similarly to automotive finishes. Weird. Uh, I think they're uh, I think they're blended very similarly. Mm-hmm. So that uh, shines it up real nice. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. That's it's one of those. Is uh, that a trick of the trade thing that guitar folks know about? Yeah. Okay. Most. Of it was like have, you spilled some on a guitar. And no. Like, most Whoa. of us have a. Most of us have a tin of the paste or. Okay. Something. It's great for those uh, deep cleaning clients. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. And your website is magneticheartguitars.com. There we go. Please hire the guy. Schedule an appointment. Pay in advance. Yeah. All things you can do. On the website. On the website. Yeah, that's pretty handy. So what are we drinking? We are drinking Gumball Head American Wheat Pale Ale from Three Floyds Brewing Company. Good people. In St. Charles, Illinois. St. Charles, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I believe it is. Correct. It's Illinois. It's run by Metalheads. That is why we are drinking it today. Munster, Indiana. Munster, not Munster, even Indiana. close. Not even close. <laughs> and there they, we go. Hundreds of hundreds of miles off, in fact. And they also have um, a special beer on this event they have called like uh, Festival of the Devil. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Yep. And uh, that sounds fun. It's extremely to to hard to get tickets for. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge brewery. I mean, it's not small, but it's not. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And they do the German thing where you only lose, use three or four ingredients, mm-hmm. which I usually tend to like those as I can drink a lot more of them. Mm, there's less hibbity-flibbity. Yeah, hoobity-doobity. To get in the way of your beer drinking. <laughs> so, I have done Dream... Th- or That's coming up, never mind. Uh, I've done Dream Police by Cheap Trick. And Justin, of course, yes. we fudged the rules so we could do... Chinese Democracy. By Guns N' Roses. It's funny that you did Dream Police this week, and next week is Dream Theater. Correct. 
I should have. Which found is a way why I that. almost said Dream Theater Police. Thanks. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm good at stuff. My brain brains. <laughs> heads or tails, my friend. Uh, heads. Much better flip this week. That was good. It is heads. Even better. We flip. get to do this, again. Chinese this, democracy first. This rarely happens. I feel like there'll be more dialogue in this we one. Should, uh, we should Dream give Police, you... I have a feeling we're both going to say the same thing. All right, go for it. We should uh, <laughs> take a moment to revel in your rare win. Right, yeah. <laughs> Here, here's to me. Here's to Justin. Congratulations. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So, was this the first time you heard this album? No, not at all. Not at all. I listened to it when it first came out. Yeah, we've already established... I actually reviewed it when it came you out. You did? Oh, I did. no kidding. Um, we've established that For what you publication? Are, I, I did a blog spot. Oh, you did a blog thing. thing. Okay. So, it was kind of E. Okay. But uh, we've already established that Axl Rose is one of your favorite songwriters. Yeah, certainly. So he's up there. We should probably talk about his songwriting growth. Did you feel? I mean, yeah. You kind of comparatively from Appetite for Destruction, you kind of go from sex and drugs to and being an ass. And being an ass and being late with occasional moments of vulnerability. Every show ever mm-hmm. and storming off stage at random. Right. To actually being somewhat praised for your professionalism <laughs> and <laughs> other things as well. Right. I, I think the, the only context to really provide, because the magic question doesn't really fit it. it. No. Um, when I first heard this album, I mean, I swear all music critics uh, and told us we had to hate this album. So that uh, pissed me off a little bit that they just said, like, it felt like people had nothing interesting to say about this album besides it's going to suck. And then when it came out, they all said, this sucks. And then, uh, of course, everybody, many who I don't think even listened to it, said this album sucks. And I remember thinking, this really isn't that bad if you listen to it. As a Guns and Ro- as an Axl Rose solo album, well, that's because the last uh, Guns and Roses album we had to compare it to was the Spaghetti, Spaghetti Incident. Incident. Yes, which is a true turd of an album. <laughs> I've never actually even he, heard. He it. picked some good songs to cover, and they do them all horribly. Yeah, it was, they were obviously fulfilling a deal at that point. You know, we have one left on our contract. Yeah, Just gonna grab some covers, and <laughs> yeah. we're gonna go. Yeah, that was pretty much it. But for I mean for songwriting, yeah. Um, uh, I mean it's he's a he writes about he, he actually is vulnerable with his with his heart and mind in this. A lot of the album is him apologizing for being an asshole. A lot of it's also about how hard it is to make a really long album. I noticed uh, every song kind of sounds like it could fit at the beginning of a James Bond movie. Well, I think they were. I think they've been angling to get picked for right. quite a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Even even the names of the songs were very James Bond esque. Like "If the World," I think it was called. That just sounds like a James Bond movie. Um, uh, yeah. Um, now you just have to be popular, right? And you get to do and then the you James get to do Bond it. song because uh, that's like I think the last one where they got somebody who I kind of felt like is. Mm-hmm. 
Legendary mm-hmm. was uh, whichever one Chris Cornell yeah, did right. the song. Right, yeah, that was a good one. And then that was like... That but his sounded like a lot of the songs on this one. And now it's just like, who's number one this week? Yeah. It's Billie Eilish? Okay. <laughs> Caller. Right. I'm sure the song is great. Yeah. I actually do enjoy her a little bit. I do too, and it's interesting. Small doses. She writes all the songs with her brother, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Small doses. It's not really yeah, like pops. not really right. like my... I think she's a lot more interesting than a lot of them. <laughs> but... Um, Oh, Keep, where should we start? Let's talk about the production because I'm right. well, looking. Do you want my overall opinion of the album, yeah, <laughs> and then we go from there? Let's do and it. Then we, is, I uh, I think this is a fantastic album. I had an absolute. I thought it was an absolute pleasure to listen to. When I listened to it, I think I gave it a fairer shake than a lot of people, but I still had some of that, you know, indie guilt where you can't mm-hmm. like anything mainstream unless you're being ironic. <laughs> You know, you could say like, "Hey, I like Counting Crows because they are a great band," and people are like, "What? You're awful!" But if you say, "I like Counting Crows to be ironic," like, "Oh, that's cool," and I felt like I still had a little bit of that. Uh, well, now and, you can like them unironically, right? Now I don't give a shit what people been, think in that regard. It's been mainstream so, in quite some yeah. time. I mean, the album is impeccably produced. It's it's uh, Axel just with complete. Um, uh, arsenal at his disposal the musicianship is incredible uh there's some dis- creative decisions he makes where i don't know what he was thinking but i think it's fascinating that he did and uh i think the songs have a lot of heart and that's what i noticed this time is that the songs have a lot of heart i will say this it is 10 times the album that use your illusion 2 was and i know that's a hard thing to say because i'm saying you should listen to this mm-hmm. as an axel rose solo album and i do think that mm-hmm. but you if you frame it in that yeah. kind of reference, you can mm-hmm. make that argument because right. Use Your Illusion 2 is like the last true Guns N' Roses right. album. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it's a very good one. <laughs> like, I like it's some... It's not as good as one. No, no, one's... Because we kind of... I think we've done both Fantastic, you know, yeah. Um, Over the course we? of the last... We've certainly done one. We've done one, and we both liked most... Yeah. E- e- even with the I, horrible misogyny, and, I made know. the I made the argument that they one and two are better as a yeah. what they've done with the repackaging that it's just yeah. use your illusion and yeah took right the, the good stuff off of two yeah and like mashed it into one right yeah I agree with that and that's much better as just a super duper long album right but two is not yeah that was uh that's not the way you want your band to die. Right, no. You would rather die like Motorhead, kicking, screaming, and right. gouging your eyes out. <laughs> right. Okay, so production-wise, you covered some of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just I mean, noticed how much louder I am than you, so I'm fixing huh? it on the fly. I don't need to pause, listeners. I've I become, I become better at mixing, apparently. All right, we're we good. Just, we're, uh, we're in, we're in an, I was way too loud, and you're a little quiet. So It's, it's fun it. because we... Uh, we don't hide these things during the podcast. Yeah, we talk no. about them because it's the format. This this idea was born on a bar stool, and it'll stay right. that way. Right. They're fixed on the fly. It sounds better because of that. Yeah. Uh, production, I mean, it was... Uh, I guess if there's any criticism, I really, there's not that much. It's... I feel like you can't listen to the... I, I feel... Uh, um, I would give this album an A-. minus. Because I think it's great. The production is, is fantastic. 
I'd say it's a little dated, but I don't think that's a fair thing to say because this album took three zillion years to make, and that's what I it literally to took. It. it literally yeah, took right. fifteen years. Right. That makes it impossible to date the album too much, and not fifteen tool years where mm-hmm. they were doing nothing and just kind of going, maybe we're making an album, yeah. maybe we're not. Right. Well, Maynard hasn't seen any of the songs yet, but we're working on stuff. I never told you we're working on stuff. What the hell are you talking right, about? Yeah. <laughs> and thus, a Tool album is born. born. <laughs> I would say the production thing I didn't notice this time, that I did notice this time, that I didn't last time, was there's a lot of interesting uses of, like, you know, a, um, a discordant piano mm-hmm. chord in your left ear, and then, like, a siren at a weird part that kind of makes sense. Uh, and, and there's some interesting uses of auto-tune that I didn't notice before, which seems ridiculous that you'd have to have Axel do that, because he's Axel. But it was it, I thought it was an interesting creative choice. Um, so I, I guess I noticed how there, detailed this album is. There are people who know how to use auto-tune as a weapon and people who need it to hide behind. <laughs> right, yeah. He I, is the former. Right, yes, exactly. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say he has the voice of an angel. no. He in fact has the, the devil. He in fact has the voice of a screeching alley cat, yeah. Yeah. but it works, yes, it does. especially when he's yeah. on top of his game, which right. is how you manage to step in for Brian Johnson and right. ACDC and right. not have people go the hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know what I thought was an improvement is that that he didn't do. He didn't do as much of the bridge where you explain what the song's about <laughs> that, he, that he criticized the other ones. He With, didn't Ferris Bueller his no. own album. <laughs> no. You see, what's not. happening here in this song I wrote right. called November Rain is that <laughs> yeah. there's a guy and a girl, yeah. and the girl left, and now we're at a right. chapel, yeah. and right. Stephanie Seymour is throwing cake at me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just was, I think it was, the, he maybe, I mean, his control freak was obviously a, well on display in this album, mm-hmm. but lyrically he seemed to kind of chill out a little bit. And that's why you asked early, earlier about songwriting growth. I think that's the most notable yeah. one. And it's just good. I think, I think um, Axel is one of those artists who, you know, most uh, musicians, they want close to what's in their head to get out there, but they'll take a lot of, concessions mm-hmm. and i don't think he does that at all i think if it's in his head he wants to replicate it 100 he wants at least mm-hmm. to get as close as he can right. with what's at his fingertips yes. and when what's at your fingertips is everything everybody yeah, right. and and that's another interesting thing about the album is that he had a full arsenal so he could do that whereas another reason why it's a and they're all hired guns right there was no yeah there's well as of Looking at the wiki, mm-hmm. at least two of the guitar players became formally in the band. Okay. A portion, you know, th- what was the touring Guns N' Roses can be assembled from the quite literal laundry list of people who performed on yeah. this album, <laughs> including but not limited to Brian May and Dave Navarro. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Both of whom contributed guitar solos somewhere. Well, and, that, I mean, that's if you have that kind of access, I mean, you know, even though they're not as famous as they, they, they are, well, no, they are in, in a sense. But, I mean, I'm sure he had unlimited income to do this type of weird lab, uh, laboratory experiment that he did. Um 
I don't get why people don't like this. If you don't prefer it, that's one thing. I don't get why everyone hated this album so much when it came out. Because it's so much better than so many other albums <laughs> that people like just fine. Well, it's, I, think... I got really annoyed listening to this because I remember what people said about it. I remember people just flippantly casting it off. And that was just such a 2008 thing to do. Is where if it wasn't indie, you cast it off. You know, Guns N' Roses is the opposite of indie. But in a sense, this album is just doing whatever the fuck he wants, which is independence. It's, so I really don't get why people made fun of this album like it was a complete turd. Because it isn't a turd. <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit of that... Uh, I've I've waited so long for this thing that yeah. I can only possibly be let down by it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I choose to right. be let down before I even... Right. It's like when every Weez, new Weezer album comes out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new Weezer album? Oh, God. Uh, I bet I it sounds just like the last one. Right. Which, but not as good as the first two. Yeah, or the first three, depending yeah. on your opinion yeah. no, of like Pink, your opinion of Pinkerton. Yeah. The, um, but yeah, I mean that's you know I like I said I'd give this album an A minus and. Uh, Weezer I, I think, will never do the Blue Album again. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. They are fantastic live. Mm -hmm. Tons of fun. I've seen them. I saw them uh, with the start. My friend's up with Tenacious D. Mm, cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. I forget who came when my wife and I saw them, mm -hmm. who was the additional support. They used to have emo bands play. They did. Them. Well, they're like closet. Yeah, they're pro proto, proto they're emo. closet emo. Right. Um, favorite songs? Um, if the World is a James Bond sounding one. Um, and then the one after, do you have the track list? Yeah. The one after that I thought was fantastic. There was a time. I loved that song. And then Streets uh, Streets of... Street of Dreams. Street of Dreams I thought was, was just fantastic. Uh, that I thought was Axel at his best. I thought it was had a lot of heart to it. It had the control freak part. We love of Axel put to mostly good use. <laughs> Every album has one track, or probably ten if you broke them down, that probably don't need to be on the song. But again, mm -hmm. it's just interesting for me to see Axel do anything. So that one with the perf Street of Dreams with the performance list is very close to an actual tour in Guns N' Roses. Oh, wow. I think the only thing that was, uh, I think the only member out of place was the mm -hmm. drummer, oh, and okay. he may have played a few shows. Gotcha. Or at least that's the, yeah, that's the musical credits. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess the early version had Shaquille O'Neal showing up because when he started it, Shaquille O'Neal had Shaq Food to Return album. So this would have been like mid 90s. Mm -hmm. Gives any indication well, how fucking long he worked. The Spaghetti him. Incident was 1993, and this was 2008. Right. So that means yeah. somewhere between 1994, yeah. Yeah. 1994, 1995, right. assumably, yeah. Geffen was going, you, uh, yeah. you still owe us an album. Right, right. <laughs> and. Then they started one and stopped one and started one and stopped it <laughs> and then hated everybody, threw everybody out of the band. Yeah. And Axel yeah, is definitely his own worst enemy. Round, long shot. round and round it went for, well, 15 years. Least favorite songs. There was one song with kids singing on it that confused me. Um, I wouldn't want kids to be that close to Axel. <laughs> it's like, um, don't remember. Any, like, 
I don't remember which Tiddly one that Winkin is. reasons, but just because it's Axel, like kids, you should. I feel like there's, man, I feel like there's a uh, corruption factor that's yeah. amplified when he's in the room. Right. That one was just hard to get past. Uh, and um, I really didn't like dislike any song. That one, that creative decision made the rest of the song kind of a joke to me. I'm like, what are kids doing around this guy? Why are we here? <laughs> what has happened? We don't understand it. It's fine. There's a lot of little like drum sounds in here that I would have taken right out. It was it was the height of programming those into your songs. Really? Okay. There's. There's some plainly programmed right. things when you like if right. you zero in on the drum tracks. Okay. Well, but I still feel like a a more a musician who is a bit more fettered to reality would recognize. <laughs> all right, we'll do it here, but not here. And this album clearly doesn't have any of that. Uh, you know, it's getting this album needs an editor, but I'm glad it didn't have one. I am the king in the castle. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so. All right, Wayfish Child. I would tell the Wayfish Child, I would say, don't read any reviews about this album. I would place this album with uh, megalomaniac frontmen who make huge, grandiose albums and spend a lot of time making it. Um, And I would include in those categories Paul McCartney, although he does... He writes a lot more quickly than Axel, I think. Paul McCartney, Queen, ELO, uh, even like Sufjan Stevens. Um, and these, these are artists who it's either go big or go home. I would say listen to all those artists and then listen to this one. And I think if you do so, you'll see that it's a really great album. And if you don't enjoy it, I, I do get that. It's not for everybody. But I think the context it should be, the context it was placed in, and that's why we had all shitty reviews about this, was that this is an album being made by some has-been who everyone can't stand working with, and he's taken too damn long to make it, especially in a world where by then you're making songs really quickly mm-hmm. to throw online, not necessarily in an album format. So that was the context was. that they welcomed this album into, where the proper context would have been a little bit of Guns N' Roses, but... You know, um, Elton John, Bertie Topin, Meatloaf, Queen, uh, all these artists that were go big, go home, album format. Listen to that in that context, and I think you'll have a good time or at least appreciate it. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Loaf. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Although. And then I would burst into tears in front of the kid. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf is dead. Yeah. What's meat? You mean the food? You know. It is if you don't have any ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, your turn, right? That is correct. (laughs) Um, What did you... Well, you reviewed the album. What did you say at the time? I did. Very early on when it came out, so 14 years ago now, that it wasn't bad, but for an album that took... 15 years was report recorded reportedly 15 to 20 times cost Jesus close Christ. to 13 million dollars to make had a list of legendary producers as long as your arm and then some mm-hmm. it could have been better mm-hmm. okay. it's, i think i gave it like 
three out of five or three and a half maybe on a stretch. Well, you're actually placing it in a context that is a fair one (laughs) as opposed to the one we were given Mm -hmm. when this album came out. You mean that six months prior to its release, they went, we heard it and it sucks. Yeah, right. And and they didn't, you know. (laughs) They didn't hear it. They didn't hear it. Did you like it uh, better, worse, or about the same this time? I have come as it ages to very much enjoy this album. Okay, yeah. So you've and, listened to it recently? Yeah, I tossed it off every okay. oh, year I or two. Since 2010, probably. Six months to a year or so. Because it's just kind of, it's one of those kind of like, oh, yeah. Because you can't listen to Appetite for Destruction all the time. Well, right. you, you can. Yeah. Right. I but mean, should you? That's a rock album. This isn't really even a rock album, per se. It's like uh, whatever, you know, like I said, those other artists did. Like, a, a, it's, it's a high concept it, album. That's yeah, it it's it's opera without a story, yeah, really. That's exactly what it is. I mean, yes. well at least not with a not a contiguous yeah. one, anyhow. Did you notice that he didn't do that? I I don't think he can anymore. Oh, and that's all the better for it. I'm say, or at least not at the at least not at the weight he was when he recorded this. I would imagine because I've seen some of those pictures. It's not. It wasn't flattering. No, but even that is funny to me because it's just. Of course, that's what's going to happen to a guy like this. You know, a guy who has probably not tended to his mental health as well as he should. A control for and also got limited resources. He's not, you know, he's not going to look like Patrick Swayze. He got borderline sober, which means the coke isn't keeping his appetite down anymore. <laughs> uh, so, um, what do you like? What have you come to appreciate about this album uh, over the years? I love the almost like the the large spectacle it's almost mm-hmm. kind of yes. in a way it's kind of like a train wreck spectacle mm-hmm. because there's not any real yeah. continuity or flow so you can't say it's from song to song you don't think yeah not really i mean well but i but i you know the james every song does sound like it could be on james bond it could i mean they we shot through with with some like what about it is is grandiose there's a grandiosity to there's the there's a there's a largeness yeah. that is very that's rewarding. probably the closest thing it has to something weaving it yeah there's a there's a the songs are all different from each other there is a largeness to every single one of them though that is just kind of right in a way it's a little comforting yeah kind of yeah because you if you look through the uh track listing here you know they used to say three minutes three four minutes max i think there's one song under four minutes on here yeah two 72 minutes, just barely. Just almost. under the 74 that, or is it 78 that a CD allots for? No, 81 minutes. A CD. 81, 81 minutes. minutes. I haven't burned a lot of them in a while. Yeah. So what did, uh, what are some creative decisions that you liked that you think are specifically uh, Axel? What are some ones where you're like, Axel, my man, do not do this? Oh, we, we talked <laughs> about... Singing. <laughs> we talked about the the voice thing. Yeah. He does like he takes that voice yeah. from the like nah, 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 
right. <laughs> and he does use that voice, but it's yeah. not like the right. it's not the appetite it's, like no. na, 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 na. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he actually like uses words. He's he not does, just right. using it to prolong the word knees. <laughs> right. And he's using it in a lot of layers when he mm-hmm. does that. Do, you know that don't you know that you need some bot voice? He does some of that, but it's tucked underneath it a little bit in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. You know. I I've always loved when it's kind of just him and a piano. Yeah, me too. There wasn't enough of that on this album. Not really. Which, for, for, for um, which, which is which is really an Axl Rose solo album there should have been. I mean, Street of Dreams is pretty much the only one that's like just him and a piano yeah. for 87% of the song. Right, right. And it's got that... It feels very November Rain. Mm-hmm. It does. Almost like... They're meant to be like yeah. together. together like, right. He wrote the whole thing as yeah one song, and then somebody went, you know, those don't work together, right? Yeah. But they do. But they do. Right. They actually do. I mean, but November Rain is so much better of a song. Than, like that's the thing. It's 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 easy to say. It's, listen to it as an Axel album, but like you know, this album is will never be as good as. Appetite for Destruction and Use Your Illusion One. November which has Rain so many is, great songs. Yeah. This one has some some excellent songs, I would argue. Uh, but yeah, like I can see how it could be listened to in tandem with November Rain. At the same time, you just sing November Rain. I'm at my high school <laughs> dance, you know, dancing with Kim Limerick and having a good time. I'm, you know, I'm like it's a great song. I'm plopped in front of the TV, wishing my hair could do that in the wind. <laughs> I want to be skinny enough and cool enough mm-hmm. to storm out of a church wielding a Les Paul. Yeah. And I know. And then she just, just dies at the end. Just the tear off a guitar solo yeah. in the middle of a wedding. <laughs> See, that's, that is, you know, that's the thing about the album is you, you miss Slash. You do. Even if the guitar playing on this is even better than uh, usually Lotion 2, I didn't love his contribution to a lot of that. And I love Slash, mm. and so um, anyway. I I do I do miss the uh, Slash and Izzy Stradlin combo. Yes, I've heard the latest Guns and Roses mm-hmm. song, and it's not as good. It's not as good. Uh, Mostly because they, I I think they went full four piece. I don't think okay. he has a second anymore to play off of. Okay, yeah, that dynamic's definitely needed. And, they're, they're, that's a two-guitar-player band yeah. and always will be. Right. And one of them has to be... They both have to be a little slimy in their yeah. own ways. Right, right. And I feel like you get some of that here despite the fact that there's right. no slash. There's no slash. Because he didn't want to. He didn't want to at that point. He was, busy with, he was busy with the Snake Pit. Yeah. And actually, I think at the time of the release, Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Which right, yep. was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I would love to do one of those albums because yeah. that's a super group that yeah. really I wish could have stayed together, but yeah. Scott Weiland's dead. Yeah, that's right. So there's that. Yeah, never never good. No. All right, so what's your favorite uh, favorite and least favorite song? Or just favorite if you mm. can't think. I mean, I couldn't think of a... There's no songs that are offensively terrible. That's another reason that pisses me off. I'm like, none of these songs <laughs> no, make me think not... I hate this. Yeah, they make none me think, of... wow, that's amazing. <laughs> like, 
they, mean, I they, love every they occasionally make me think, God, the song is way too long. Too long, or like it didn't need, you know, a, it didn't a, need a slide this whistle odd. Tent, kick wires. <laughs> And you know this really this really odd metallic guitar patch for no good reason known to Earth. Um, <laughs> Catcher in the Rye is I one of my favorites. Such a good, song. Such a good um, and that's one where he he's actually taking time away from being an asshole and and just being a little bit vulnerable with his listeners. Which I wish that's why I hate Use Your Illusion too so much <laughs> because he doesn't do that on there. And on this one, he does. You know, like. Shackler's Revenge is oh, actually one of my favorites, despite having oh. almost everything we've named that we didn't, we like, didn't like as far that. as like sonic texture, because it's, oh, it's awesome. that's got a guitar line with a pitch fork with like an, with an extreme pitch shift yeah, in it. Right. But he does that like he does that like really like tenory spoken word. Yeah, that's vo- right. Voice instead. Yeah. That's not a. It's kind of like you're looking over your shoulder the right. whole time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that is a cool song. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But it's like the closest thing to an industrial track that's it, it, ever yeah, happened. It, yeah, he, and I know he really is into like ministry and stuff. That's like mm-hmm. ministry queen. Uh, Elton John are his, are his people. Prostitute is kind of a wimpy end to this <laughs> album. It's just like. Yeah. We're just going to drag this song out for like right. six, almost seven minutes. That's about how long he lasted with the prostitute, probably. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, it's just, you know, I think he was trying to reestablish himself as not a complete piece of trash. And with titles like that, it doesn't help him no. a lot. He did have, like, I, a, I remember he sampled I'm, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, that's in like, uh, Madagascar. I, I was like, that's probably a, a, an apt apology for One in a Million, which has a terrible line in it. You know, a very racist line, and it's about it's a story. But I like you. You know, when we talk about DC talk, some things shouldn't be said, and that was an example. There are things that you know, much much yeah. to my annoyance of you know people policing people and telling right. you you yeah, should sure. be offended for this. Right, like this album. There are for that, yeah. there are times where that applies. Yeah, right. Sometimes that's a good idea. Sometimes there are just things you don't say, yeah. like. That right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what would you say to uh, Wafish Child, kid? <laughs> this uh, <laughs> <Jesus>. kid. <laughs> this album is not as bad as everybody says. Mm-hmm. It's still not as good as it could have ever no, been, isn't. but I think uh, if. You listen to it more than once, you will appreciate it much more than if you right. use it and throw right. it out. Right. <laughs> what they should have, what he should have done, is had an editor work beside him in some capacity. He does need a no man. He does, and then they would have said, "Listen, Axel, we, if they would have made this album where everyone's like, wow, that is surprisingly fantastic,' and instead." In part because of the the criticism, they said, "Wow, this is way too much, and I hate it." And but if they would have done the whole like you know coming back uh, with a little bit more of a seasoned, refined approach to songwriting, that would have been interesting. But he actually did the opposite. <laughs> he just like threw everything at the wall at this point. It's my album, and I say what sticks. Right. God damn it! Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much, and it. it's all of it. We're using it all. We're using it all. <laughs> that being said, what would you, I, I would give this album an A minus. What would you give it? 
B plus. B plus. I mean, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fair group. You know, I think anything under a B is unfair to the album. Fifteen years on, when I would have given it a solid C minus yeah. on first listen. Right. That's a pretty. I'd say that's a stout improvement. That's a, that's an improvement. Yeah. All right, Dream Police. The Dream Police live inside of your head. Where did you first <laughs> hear this album, and was this recent listen as magical? Oh. Were you riding your bike to Schiller? Probably no. Not. I had one of the kids that I played in the praise band and youth group with mm-hmm. is a super massive Cheap Trick fan. Okay. And we used to play Dream Police and Surrender as like yeah. warm up songs. Yeah, or as like. Sound checks, mm-hmm. sound check stuff. Makes me like the guy. His dad's pretty cool too. Okay. They own a, what church is this? Is it? Brookside Christian Reform. Oh, okay, it wasn't United Methodist. No. Okay. <laughs> they wouldn't let they wouldn't let you get away with that there. <laughs> with the secular, what with the secular music, right? Uh, so you like this band a lot. I do because I'm a big fan of. Strong choruses, and they have plenty oh, of they them. Got, they got, it's unbelievable what they can do with that. And That's also, what power pop is. It's a strong chorus, essentially. Yeah. All their songs, even their verses sound like choruses to me. And Rick Nielsen is one of like the world's most well-renowned guitar weirdos. Yeah. And he's a part of the band? He is. He's okay. the guitar player. He's the... Uh, Uncle Rick is the uh, wielder of the five-neck behemoth. Oh, no kidding. I just watched... I spent like an hour. I spent an entire hour of my day mm-hmm. watching a Rick Nielsen guitar collection video. Oh wow! Because he's he's also one of like the original vintage collectors. Okay, like he's never sold. I don't never really sold a guitar. So right. he has hundreds on hundreds right. of them. Yeah, including his original fifty-five Gibson Les Paul. And wow. Three of the remaining original nineteen fifty nine Gibson Explorers that okay. are you know they're two hundred and fifty grand a piece. They're God, that's a lot of money. Priceless articles, and he's just like, oh yeah, go ahead, play it. It's fine. <laughs> See, I already beat the crap out of it. So yeah. right, <laughs> have fun, kid. These aren't these aren't museum pieces. They're mm-hmm. they're working tools, right. and. But he has such a terrific sense of comedy mm-hmm. about life, <laughs> right? And the whole the whole band is is they all their album covers look like they're joking. It's Except, hard not to enjoy it, right? It is. And did you ever hear Big Star? No, they are definitely power pop, and they were they probably would have toured with. Cheap trick if they had la- if they had lasted longer, but yeah, they it, same thing. Huge, just great choruses. Even verses sound like a chorus. And um, you know, you talk about Dream Theater being the pioneers of power pop. There's uh, the band. The, or, no, you said Dream Theater. God damn! Cheap I'm trick. gonna do that all. I know for the next two episodes, they close. will be confused. Uh, cheap trick. That's who I mean. Um, Bunny Carlos is in a oh, second power pop band, or with, at least with the guy from Hanson. Was. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're really they good. they are. 
tinted windows. Tinted windows. It's it's him, the guy from Hanson, one other guy who's pretty. Uh, James Ihaf from Smashing yeah, Pumpkins. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. That's what a great band that is. Like, it's. I mean, a lot of people don't like uh, Hanson who look like us, but uh, they are remarkably talented. You know, I mean, they've been playing they are. incredible music live since they were thirteen. No, one was like 13, the other one was like 9, and then the brother who was like 17. The real reason that we all hate, the real reason we hate Hanson is because we all wish we had written our hit song before we turned 10. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and we all secretly like that song. It's true. I, I mean, hated it for the longest yeah, time. No, I didn't but... when I was a kid. But I... I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. But I, you know, when I decided that I needed to have a musical reason to hate something. Right. I kind of stopped hating that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a difference when you have that type of vantage point. At least try and have a real, like, yeah. musical reason right. to hate, to hate it. this thing. Yeah. Now, I, everybody else thinks it's cool, so I think it sucks. Right. Now I say, everybody else thinks it's cool, so I probably won't get I probably won't it. like it, yeah. I probably yeah. won't get into it for another 15 yeah. years, which is why we're just I'm just now coming around to Futurama. Right. Oh, yeah, that's a great show. <laughs> well, I still haven't done Wordle, and everyone's doing it. And I don't say I, that to sound like an original. I just, I really, I, I, it's, I feel like if I do it now, it's just like, well, I can just do it later. <laughs> I'm busy now. I don't have time for this. Yeah, pretty much. As soon as I decide that I'm going to use my free time for a game, yeah. I will lose the rest of my free time. <laughs> which I don't have that much of to no, begin with. No, I use don't. most of it for this. Right. Hey, good for you. And it's fun. So so this album, you simply think it's a great album, essentially. there was there's, It was one of those selections. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it in any facet or permutation yeah it can be a little if you're not in the right mood it can be a little off the wall but yeah it's like your friend who's always quoting Deepak Chopra or something like that like it's nice at first but then he wish they would like complain about you wish you life sucking once in a while (laughs) wish they would whine every once in a while come on man I'll give you something to whine. I already found it. It's you. <laughs> Stop being so happy all yeah, the time. That's right. Yeah, something to whine about. You're too happy all the time. Apparently, Sam Kinison covered Gonna Raise Hell at some point. Really? Which means now I must find it. God, yeah, he did have an album that was nearly unlistenable. Um, <laughs> Leader so, of the band. That's his? Yeah. What um, what's your what's your favorite uh, song and least favorite? Least favorite is not a workable term because it's supposed no. to mean what song do you hate? Yeah. Least favorite makes it sound like I really like it, just not as much as these other ones. Yeah. Or just hmm. point out a few songs that you really like. Dream Police is an easy favorite. Need your love is great. Mm-hmm. I'll be with you tonight. <laughs> Writing on the wall. I'm not as big of a fan of the house is rocking with domestic problems. I didn't like that song. <laughs> that was the one I didn't like. But it's so it stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's passable. I mean, the title's dumb. I could, I could, I could. It was passably ignorable. Yeah, that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, like it. Like it doesn't. I don't dislike it enough that it ruins the album mm-hmm. in any way, but it's still like it was an unnecessary why, addition for sure. Why? 
Plus the t- you're right. The title's dumb. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's like too clever, clever. <laughs> Sometimes we overthink it, and this is one of those times. <laughs> but the production is spectacular. Yeah, it sure is. That's another thing with Power Pop. It was like <laughs> kind of gritty music, like definitely punk influenced, mm-hmm. but and stripped down. But very pop in its production. Exactly, you can hear every every lyric. It's you know the vocals are not remotely low in the mix or anything. Plus, there's bells. Yep, there's bells. Hey, there's a lot of different. Little... Yeah, there's a lot of fun little quirks and yeah things. Yeah, it's 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 it, there are a lot of a lot of quirks. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Wiki's spot on with calling this a metal album though. I... Well, later, weren't they kind of later in the eighties? Well. But yeah, the flame. I don't. I never. They went the, much they looked more, metal on their on their album covers, but they much to more ballady. Yeah, you like that stuff, there's, like the flame. Yeah, they're certainly a rock band. Yeah, right. And remember after the fire. It's a good song. Their "Don't Be Cruel" was boring. You know, yeah. <laughs> obviously another contract fulfillment. And lest we forget. Yeah. They brought you all the the theme song to that seventies. All right, show. yeah, yeah. Because we're all hey, all right. Now. But but no, but that's big. Big Star wrote the original one. Did they? That's a Big Star song. Yeah, yeah. Um, hanging to... out down the street, talk to. What is the name of that song? I'll send it to you. It's a great song. But yeah, Big Star, enormous influence on Cheap Trick. But Cheap Trick got incredibly famous, and Big Star became a cult band essentially. But yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a uh, cheap trick added the we're all all right part, but the rest of it is big well. Star. It's interesting because that song occasionally gets removed from like the greatest hits on Spotify. Oh, really? It'll like it'll disappear and then yeah. it'll come back. And so I wonder if there's like some sort of bizarre. Oh yeah, there could be. Yeah, we're all all right. I love you, Wisconsin. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Wisconsin. Thank you, Wisconsin. Yeah, God, it's such a good show. Even with the with that piece of shit who's in who uh, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, no, no, no. The Ashton Danny I mean, Masterson, the one who got in a lot of trouble because he's a Scientologist. Danny he, Masterson. Yeah, he's a bad. He's a bad guy. He's in jail, I think. Again or still? Yeah. If you watch, um, if you rewatch that show, he's like the one character who's like a complete turd. The rest are like dumb kids, like we all were. Mm-hmm. Well, he's. I always kind of felt like he's the adult, like the actual adult who hangs out with teenagers. Yeah, that's what it, that he's was. He's thirty-seven, yeah. and he hangs out with right. Yeah. A, he's a thirty-seven-year-old burnout who yeah. ch- hangs out with yeah. teenagers because they can get him right. weed. <laughs> yep. Cheech Marin was on that show, or no, 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 Tommy, Tommy Chong, Chong. Tommy Chong. He was uh, Leo. My favorite line from that is, uh, you know, Fez, where uh, <laughs> Red goes, is that boy from not America here? <laughs> it's uh, that 70s song. That 70s song. Which is based on In the Street by Big Star. By Big Star, right, 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 right. So they wrote their own version yeah. based on Big Star. Big, it's, yeah. a, it's a... The connection is obvious in that. It's a song. Weird Al... Kind of situation right. a little bit. Okay, gotcha. Hanging out. All right, what would you say to the wayfish uh, son of a gun in the elevator? Just have fun with this one, okay. dude. It's 
After all the torture we put him through, don't a little bit of fun is necessary. Don't take this one too seriously. Yeah. Look at look at these ding dongs dressed up like policemen. Yeah, right. You <laughs> shut up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> And if you don't like it, you suck. <laughs> As my inner D. Snyder comes out. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, it didn't suck. <laughs> All right, your turn. I'll, I'll be quick with this because we're we're uh, we're pushing up we, against. We're pushing our, up. Uh, yeah. Well, we had some fun with Mr. Rose and right, exactly. And I mean, we'll go ahead with with some questions. Yes. Did this album live up to the magic of the first time you heard it? Well, I never really... I remember my brother played me a mix of Cheap Trick, and I didn't realize how great they were, because I thought they were maybe an 80s heavy metal band um, who did, you know, monster ballads. And he's like, no, they were like... He was like, no, they were power pop before that, and he played me a whole mix album. This was probably 15 years ago, and I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. I loved it. Totally different than I expected. Uh, this album, uh, I don't think I'd ever even heard per se. I think I heard a lot of mix mm-hmm. CDs and shit like that. But it's a great album. Besides the domestic song, I think the rest of it is is, is fantastic. Uh, it's fun, mm-hmm. as you said. It's a it's a hoot. You know, they they don't take themselves seriously at all. Even the lyrics are just like I mean, they're kind of brilliant, but also not at all at the same time. <laughs> they're. Uh intelligently goofy or something yeah. kind of like something right. along those lines yeah no they're, they're smart they're because witty. the dream police live inside of my head yeah. what do they do they never really explained it <laughs> but they that live inside secondary. of my head yeah no it was it was i had i mean just a fun time listening to it played some tony hawk crank this up <laughs> nice <laughs> had a good time that would be that would be a worthwhile <laughs> afternoon yeah yeah it was much as I prefer Pennywise while playing Tony yeah, Hawk, I love Cheap Trick is for every time. It, I mean, it just puts you in a positive and con- it, it puts you in a. It's a very confident album, mm-hmm. um, which puts you in a confident mood too. Like I can do this, this pop shove it, ten eighty. I don't. I don't feel like this production felt all that dated. Did you? No, I mean, not, not at all. For an album that's nineteen seventy, I mean, it's all kind of the same. Yeah, it's nineteen seventy eight. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, it sounded it sounded nice and warm, and uh, there's there was really no there was no filler on the album. Uh, well, there was domestic. one. Yeah. There was one filler. Yeah, right. But um, but yeah, that's... that that song played twice, and I forgot it was playing while it played. <laughs> Third time, I'm like, yeah, this sucks, and I saw the title of it. I'm like, no way. I don't want to listen to this one anymore. <laughs> right. I would much rather listen to. Slaughter. Right. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, right. I just I just came back across that episode because I was scrolling to make sure I hadn't inadvertently picked an album we'd already done. Right. And, and then Slaughter uh, came up. God, that album is so bad. Why didn't we talk they about it? They make Axl Rose look like a progressive leader of like volunteer for like a women's rights organization. That's how misogynistic oh, it was that so album bad. Is. It was our <laughs> That is our high water mark for, for shit. Bad. Yeah, and but that's the stuff we need to get into. As a Joe, kid, I loved it. <laughs> Joe Satriani, I think, is our high water mark for weird. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's somewhere <laughs> or at between, least for confused. It's somewhere in between Joe Satriani and ninety pound wuss. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you add him as your friend, Joe, Jeff Betcher? No. 
He's he posts some interesting stuff about ninety pound wuss, but you see, he's once in a while he'll like something that I put up there. Oh, did he? I noticed you tagged him when for that one. Yeah, posted it. Yeah. Did you receive any additional no, feedback? No, no, I did not. <laughs> for me wanting to know why this exists, yeah. like I, he'll, I'll put like rest in peace Anne Frank or Anne Frank. Rest in peace yeah, Anne she's dead too. Right. And he and he liked that or something like that. You know. Yeah. I love the internet. Uh, yeah, we've just killed Anne Frank again. <laughs> um, wow! Wow! What a let's, tangent yeah. that was. I yeah. don't know where we let's, went let's, with let's, that. Let's, let's reel, reel it back, back in before now. we say too much more. Least, well, we covered least favorite songs. So favorite songs, uh, Dream and, Police. I mean, it's easy to say that, but it really is such it's, a good song. It's a, it's such a strong opener. It's such a strong opener, and it, I'm really it just glad like they nobody did. else. I'm really glad they didn't bury it in the middle. Yeah, right. Me too. Okay, in the interest of time, Wayfish Child. Uh, I think I would say the same thing you did: is have fun listening to this. And if you're interested in production, I would I would do your homework on that one because I think that's what makes mm-hmm. the album stand out the most. There's really no, there's no, there's no fat to trim on this album. It's and very shiny, squeaky clean. Right. right. When I say Guns N' Roses, um, Chinese Democracy is impeccably produced. Um, I I want to take that back. I, I would say the production is a force of nature. But I almost wish it was less of a force of nature. Whereas this, because there's so much fat on it. Whereas this yeah. one, there just isn't any fat to trim besides the one stupid song. Chinese democracy had too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, I think, many, I, yeah, I, think I counted 12 different producers in the Wikipedia. <laughs> but they're all under. They're all under And they're the, all great. Yeah. But, but they're all under the gun of Axel. Yeah. And you it's know, like so each one knows? did a different song. So how the hell are you right. supposed to get an album that sounds right? Like it was recorded all at once. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Whereas this is clearly, you know, hashed out in the studio right. over carefully a, and, over uh, a week or three or yeah. a month or two. Right. But yeah, I'd say, kid, listen to the production of this one. I I can't imagine anyone not enjoying this album. I can imagine people not enjoying Chinese Democracy, even though I think it's a good album. Great. Album. I'm free to disagree with you that you don't enjoy it, but yeah. I can see how you don't. Yes. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is our, is show, our show for this week. Please be good to each other. Please. Wash your hands. Wash those things. Get your booster. Come on. Or your vaccine if you haven't done that yet. Please do. You know, we would all like to quit wearing masks and come back, be back right. to somewhat normal. Right. And maybe if we get more than 50 people to listen, we'll do this live on a bar stool again. But for now, that is our show. Thank you and good night. Good night.